It's a series that we're in, that we're teaching out of today, and we've all been blindsided in one way or another, if we're honest, and today, this is probably going to be, this is really the pinnacle of the series, because what I'm talking about today, it impacts all of you, whether directly or indirectly, and, and, and you're going to see that in just a moment. I'll tell you, one of, the, one of the times I was completely blindsided in life was, uh, I was a senior in high school. I wrestled growing up, some of you know that, and uh, started in third grade. So by, by the time you're a senior, you should know a little bit. And I did know a little bit. I wasn't probably a great wrestler, but I, by the time I was a senior, I was decent, okay? I won quite a few more than I lost that year. And uh, I'll never forget a tournament I was in. It was, um, I don't remember the name of it, but it was the semifinals. And I was going against the kid that I'd beat before. I'd never lost to him. I beat him that year, and I beat him in previous years too. So I knew him well, and I was very confident going in, thinking this will be an easy win. And uh, so I go out there, and I kind of toy with him a little bit and think, you know, it's, I'll put him in my patented move, the crossbody ride, which if you're not from a wrestling background, that makes no sense to you. So, but that's how I was going to plan a pin, planning on pin the kid. So to pin somebody means both their, both their shoulders are on the mat, right? So, um, you know what, to, it, it's hard to describe what happened in this and how I was blindsided, so I feel like I need to show you, and uh, it'll be uncomfortable for a little bit, but you'll get used to it. So, um, where's Destry, my, I, look at Destry, he's giving up for Destry, okay? He, he didn't know what he was getting into until this morning, and he's still, he's, you're still doing it, Destry, so let's show him, let's show him the move, because you need to see what happened to me so you can see how I was blindsided. So, Destry, the, the, like, face, point, point to them, though, point to them. Yes, you're already messing up. So, all right, so, like I said, it's going to get awkward, but be, just, this is wrestling, okay? If you didn't wrestle, look what you're going to miss out on. So, the crossbody ride, I was, I was taller for my weight, because I was just a skinny runt, so the kids were often shorter. Like, Destry's a little shorter than me. So, the crossbody ride, you, I'd be on top of the kid, and I would, this is where it gets weird, uh, I would put a leg in here, like this, okay? And now I'm across his body like this. So you see, I am going to hurt myself. So, and then I would, this is how I'd pin him. I'd pin this kid numerous times like this. I'd grab his arm, Destry, and then roll over. Just work with me. I'd roll over like this, and, and this is how I'd pin him. So, it's like, I'm going to pin this kid. So, here I am. I'm cranking on him, and I'm like this, and all of a sudden, boom, the ref hits the mat. You can get up. Thank you, Destry. You can get up. Uh, the ref hits the mat like that, and, he, and yeah, and he said, wait, wait a second. You're not done yet. So, and he, and he, and he says, pinned. So, I get up. And I shake hands with the kid, and then the ref does this. He raises the other guy's hand. And I'm like, wait a minute. I said, I pinned him. He goes, well, your shoulders are down. I said, are you kidding me? I said, he, I said his shoulders are down. And he said, yours were down first. I said, but I was in control. And he said, it doesn't matter. And then I said, I will kill you. You know, I, I didn't say that, but I was thinking it. I'm like, are you kidding me? I, so I pinned myself. Okay, now you can go to Esther. Give it up. So, yeah, I knew that would be weird, but that's why I did it. So, um, so <laughs> I was totally devastated. Didn't get to the finals. That impacted my senior year of wrestling, and uh, I, I was so devastated. But I look back at that day, I was so cocky. I was just messing with him. I was careless because I allowed my shoulders to get there because I'd beaten this kid so many times. Well, at the center of what happened to me, if you think about it, it was pride. Okay, pride, because I got so uh, cocky and confident. I, I, the Bible says pride goes before the fall. Or in my case, pride goes before the pin. Okay, so it was horrible. But 
why I'm preaching on it today is because so many people struggle with it and they don't even know it. They do, I didn't know that was pride until I learned what pride was. I had no idea. Pride is the number one thing that the devil wants to use to take you out, to hold you back from your purpose, to keep you from living the life that God wanted. In fact, check this out. Pride is literally the thing that got the devil, who was once an angel, turned into the devil. It was that sin. I'll show you that in just a minute. But before I even continue, I feel like I need to give you a definition. Pride is what? Yeah, leave that up because I'm going to get to that in a second. Pride is an obsession with self. That's a good definition. It is an obsession with self. It's like when you look in the mirror and you're like, how you doing? See, that you, if you're doing that, you got a pride problem. Plus, you have no friends. Okay, I'll just say that too. That's weird. So it's, it's, it's all about me. It's all about my. It might not just be you. It might be your family. It's like the soccer mom who, oh my gosh, look at little Jimmy out there playing soccer. Isn't he so good? Isn't Jimmy so good? Oh, he just scored another goal. That's like his fourth goal. Did you see that? It's like he's carrying the team. He's the fastest. He's the best. He's the strongest. Now, which one's your kid? And I'm like, my kid's the one who's about ready to punch Jimmy in the face. So I'm mean, just kidding. So, you know, it's all about you. Pride. What's the center of pride? I. 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 Isaiah, in Isaiah, I'll, I'll show you a scripture that, that shows you the plight of Lucifer, who was an angel, that God, um, he, he, God said bye to his eye, and you'll see that. Listen to this. This is in scripture, Isaiah 14, verse 12. How you, have, how you are fallen from heaven, O shining star, son of the morning. You have been thrown down to earth. You who destroyed the nations of the world. For you, devil, you Lucifer said, I will ascend to heaven. Say I. He, this is the devil talking, or the angel at the time. I, or excuse me, I will set my throne above God's stars. I will preside on the mountain. Say I. Of the gods far away from the north. I will climb the, to the highest heaven. Say I. I will climb to the highest heaven and be like the most high. I, I, I. And like I said, God said, bye, and he was banished, and thus the devil. Pride, it's such a big thing. And you know what? Pride is so easy to spot in others, right? Like some of you right now, you know what you're thinking? I wish my boss was here. This would be a perfect message for my boss to hear, right? Some of you are like, oh, I wish my spouse was here. Oh, I wish my best friend was here. Well, you know what? They're grateful you're here. So I'll just tell you that. Pride is way bigger than just narcissism. That is a form of pride. But it, it, pride will manifest itself in so many different ways. It's such a sneaky sin. I'm gonna read you a list of things that, that, that are prideful. You might struggle with one of these. You don't need to raise your hand. But I, as I read this list, you ask yourself, is that me? Is that me? You refuse to listen to advice. You have a false sense of entitlement. You blame others for your mistakes. You take all the credit for success. You protect your position at all costs. You're wrapped up into titles. You have an obsession with material wealth and appearance. You're fueled by unhealthy competition. Okay, I'm a little guilty with that one. So, uh, judgmental, attention-seeking, you manipulate to gain your own way. You live a hypocritical lifestyle. Any of these resonating yet? Yeah, they are with me. You're selfish. You believe you're better than everyone else. Turn to your neighbor and say, you think you're better than me? To ask your neighbor that, you think you're better than me? 
And they're like, yep, I do. I actually do. So, uh, yeah, I do think I'm better than you. You think you're better than me? You believe you're right about everything. Come on, this is resonating. You're too stubborn to ask others for help. All right, two words. Men and directions, right? I'm, I, I kid you not, I will drive in a cornfield before I ask for directions, and I have. So, you, you never apologize. You disrespect and demean others. You want to be served rather than serve. You brag about all you have and all you are. It's all about you. Like, if you won two tickets to Hawaii, you'd go twice. <laughs> Jerk. You know? <laughs> here, here, here's the last one, and this is the one I'm going to park on for a second. Because no, no, you, if you struggle with this, you won't think that you, you're prideful, but you are. You're insecure. Insecurity is a big one. Pride dwells deeply in the hearts of insecure people. And they don't even know it. Like if you can never take a compliment, you have a pride problem. Like if you find yourself, and we can mask it in spirituality and religion. Oh, you know, like if somebody says, Pastor, good message. Oh, it isn't me. It's all for the glory of God. And it was all him. And I'm just, uh, and I didn't do anything. Well, that's really a, almost a pride problem because you did do something. I mean, you allowed God to use you. You showed up. You did something. Like, it, 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 you can't take a compliment. So, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach out of two uh, scriptures today. One is in the Old Testament before Jesus came to earth as a human. And it's in 1 Samuel da, 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 18. So, if you got a Bible or a mobile app, go to 1 Samuel 18. And I'll set it up as you're going there. The, the, the center of the, this scripture is Saul. Saul's the first king of Israel. So, David has just killed Goliath. David's a shepherd boy right now. He's not even in the army. He showed up to bring his brother some cheese and crackers and he took down a giant. And Saul is the king. So it, it, let me just tell you about Saul. Saul was a man of, uh, the Bible says he was a very handsome man, a tall man. He, he had wealth, he had success. Ladies, if, if, if you were on Bumble looking and you ran across Saul's profile, like you, you would swipe right or left or whatever you do to, you know, is, that might be the wrong app. I don't even know. But whatever, you would select him. Okay, you would select that guy because he had it going on. So Saul, I'm gonna show you the point in the Bible that changed everything for Saul. When pride and insecurity entered, everything was destroyed for his life. Everything. A king of Israel, the first king. It's crazy. What did I tell you? David had just took down the giant. Look what happened next. When the victorious Israelite army was returning home after David killed the Philistine, Women from all the towns of Israel came out to, to meet Saul. He liked that. They sang and they danced for joy. Yay, tambourines and cymbals. This is their king. And then they chanted this. Saul killed thousands. And David, ten thousands. And that statement would change everything for Saul. Everything. Listen, the next verse. This made Saul very angry. You could say it made Saul very insecure. What's this, he said? They credit David with 10,000 and me with thousands? Well, next they'll be making him their king. Actually, Saul, you're pretty smart. Um, so from that time on, Saul kept a jealous eye on David. Insecurity is jealousy. And I'm telling you, pr pride is what took down Saul. It, it, it actually took his life. It took his kingdom. It took his sanity. It took everything. And I look at Saul's life and he had everything. And pride comes before the fall. He didn't see it coming. He was blindsided. So I thought to myself, what specifically took Saul down? 
I want to give you three things that I saw in just those four verses that I read to you. Three things that shows me how insecure he was and how insecure we may be. And, and I'm not preaching at you, I'm preaching with you because trust me, I've struggled in these areas and I struggle in these areas. The first one, comparing yourself to others. You can see immediately when Saul started to compare himself to David and he does it from this time on. He's watching David uh, become successful. He's watching God's hand on, on David and it just eats him up. And how many times do we look at somebody and we'll say, you know what? She's, she's skinnier than me. He's smarter than me. You know, she's, uh, she's prettier than I am. He's stronger than I am. All of us comparing ourselves. I'm guilty of this. I've been guilty of this since middle school. Actually, since elementary school. I remember, like, I was, fair, you know, I was fairly athletic when I was growing up. I mean, you saw some of my skills up here. So um, me and another kid in my class were always like neck and neck when it came to being the fastest kid and all that. And I was always comparing myself to him. Because I was convinced that whoever was the better athlete would get the girl. It was always, always about the girls for me. You probably figured that out by now. So we were in, we were in um, elementary school, and it was gym day. Well, gym once a week, obviously, but it's performance day. And yet we had these once a year where we would do, like, sprints. We would do um, push-ups and sit-ups. And uh, what was the other one? Oh, we'd hang from a bar as long as we could. And then they would tally it all up and see where you're at, like, overall. And it was always me and him neck and neck. And this year, I knew that I had to beat him. I, every year, I wanted to beat him. But one particular year... I remember he was going through all of his, all of his um, little uh, performance things, and he did, did really well. And then it was my turn. I knew I had to really step up and I was because I was comparing myself to him. Say compare. Compare. So I kept comparing. So I did the sprints, and I did really good. And I did the hanging from the bar, and I did okay. And then I did the push-ups, and I did all right. And I didn't know where I was standing and, you know, and compared to him, but I knew sit-ups is where I would have to get him. I'd have to do as many sit-ups as possible and then didn't do like 10 more if I was going to beat him. And I, I, was, I was serious about it. I, w I was like, I got to the end, you guys, and um, my stomach hurt so bad. I was like, this? You didn't think I could do a setup, did you? And this? This? And this? And right here, I did more than two. I'm just illustrating this for you right now. I probably did 500 as far as you know. So, uh, so, I'm, uh, so I get to the point, my stomach hurt so bad, it was such in a knot. And I was like, I, but I knew that I wasn't going to beat him if I stopped. So I thought to myself, this is what I thought. And the kid's holding my feet. And I thought, just two more. I felt like two more was going to beat the kid. And I, but I was, I was so miserable. So I remember thinking, okay, two more, two more, two more. And my next one, here I am. I go, and all of a sudden, and I was like, uh-huh. And I was like, um, maybe nobody heard that. Okay, they heard it. They heard it. The kid holding my feet was like, oh, oh. So not only did I uh, not beat that kid, but I lost all sense of self-worth that day. So it just, I, why, God? Why does this happen? You can tell what I struggle with growing up. I've had that problem more than once. So it was unbelievable, horrible. But I was comparing myself to this kid. See, when, com when comparison begins, contentment ends. Know that. When comparison begins, contentment ends. Why? Why is that? Here's why. Because when you're comparing, you're making yourself either inferior or superior. And neither one honors God. Neither one honors God. By the way, there's always going to be somebody else. There will always be somebody else more successful. 
There will always be somebody else who, who has more friends, who is more popular. There will always be somebody else who has more money. There's always somebody else, somebody else. But God, guess what? God didn't create you to be somebody else. See, God created you to be you. So we need to stop comparing and you need to start living your life. Live your purpose. Live your plan. Live your dreams. Stop comparing and start living. That's what God, he's begging you to do that. And we're so guilty of doing this. And it holds us back. It held Saul back. You know what else held him back? The second one. His self-worth was based on his latest results. He knew the more people he killed, the more praise he would get. The, the more money I make, the more that my friends are going to accept me. The more that my family is going to appreciate me. The higher I climb the corporate ladder, the, the more I'm going to look good into the eyes of my peers. The, the, the more uh, put together my home is, the more the, uh, my friends are going to know that I'm a good mom. The more my kids look like they got it going on, the more better of a parent I'm going to be. It's always based on the latest results. Always, oh, and I put down not just the latest results, but it depends on what people say as well. So you're, you're worried about what people are saying about how you're doing. It's always performance-based. My son Jake just uh, finished fall ball, which is baseball, and... Um, they started out bad, just like last year, like lost the first four games, but they ended up good. And they made it to the championship game. And it was crazy. So championship game, they're winning six to five. Last inning, the other team is up and they're batting. Two outs, a guy on third base. So the, 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 the tying run for the opposing team is on third, one leg away from tying the game. And the kid up to bat on the opposing team is just this little kid. I mean, he's just, just a little guy. And he's up there, and you can just see he wanted so badly to get that guy home from third. He just wanted it so bad. Well, there's two strikes, and the, third, or the pitch came in. He didn't swing. Strike three, and it was over. And as soon as it was over, I watched that kid. He, like, just collapsed on the ground. He was miserable. And I, as soon as I saw it happen, I stood up, and I said, in your face! I'm <laughs> just kidding. I didn't say that, but... <laughs> I, I, I was thinking it, so pray for me. But, uh, <laughs> but, he, but he did. I mean, the kid was crushed. So I'm watching him, and, and Jake's team is all celebrating out there. And, and the other team, you know, kids are resilient. They're hurting for a second, and then they're off, you know, playing or eating candy or something. They don't care. But this kid was not recovering. And as his team was, like, gathering their stuff, and, you know, they're over it already, and our team is celebrating, it was like 20 minutes later, and we're leaving the field. That kid was still, I mean, the coaches were consoling, consoling him. He's walking out, and he's holding his dad's leg still, just got his face buried in his thigh. And I thought to myself, that kid, I mean, and, and I, he, he, his results really mattered to him, big time. You know, and plus I thought that kid's going to need some serious counseling because he's, he's, he was struggling. So, so you know what happened? The other thing I want to share about this is it hit, it hit, it happened in our life group on Tuesday. We were talking about last week's message and a couple of the gals, young gals in our group were talking about, uh, likes, you know, on social media. We've talked about this before, how we sometimes live for likes and they really got open and they start confessing that when they post something, they go back constantly and will watch it. And the more that people will like it, obviously, you get a little hit of dopamine there. There's, there's something to that. And the more that they'll, they'll feed off that. But if they post something and it's not taken off right away, we'll be tempted to delete it. Because we're so worried about results. We're so worried about what other people think. Like, and I thought to myself, and I was so proud of them. Because I think we've all been guilty of something like that in our life. Because it just depends on what other people think. But I wrote down, if we live for, if we live for the likes of people, if we live for the likes, you're going you're gonna to 
you'll, you'll die. How did I put it? I can't read. If you live for likes, you will find yourself dying for love. You will. You'll never get filled up there. If you live for likes, you'll find yourself dying for love. Stop basing your self-worth on your latest results. It, it's another thing that took Saul down. And the third thing I saw in just those four verses that we read was this. You can't celebrate someone else's success. That is a clear sign that you're insecure, which is a clear sign that you have a pride problem. See, when you can't celebrate someone else's success, uh, well, well, could Saul do it? Was Saul celebrating David? Absolutely not. If you keep reading in Samuel, you'll see David was having success, and the more jealous Saul got, the more resentful Saul got, and the more crazy he got in the head. He wasn't celebrating anything. I wrote this down. When we see God's goodness in the lives of others, we should feel joy. As followers of Jesus, we should feel joy. We should celebrate with them. And you know what I thought to myself? I thought, you know who's the most guilty of this? The church. A lot of times it's the church. I mean, we'll act like we're, oh, we love all churches and we're all one church and oh, it's all for the glory of God. But then behind the scenes, it's like we're looking at the church across the street and we're like, why do they have so many cars in their parking lot? You know, why are they getting all the first time guests? Why are, why are, why are they getting so many salvations? Why is God blessing them? Oh, I bet it's, they're probably watering down the message. I bet that's what they're doing over there. They're, it's probably just a show. Pastor's probably wrestling people up on the stage. Uh, well, he is. Uh, they're, it's probably, they're probably feeding them Kool-Aid. And uh, I thought to myself, you know, rather than like be resentful for what God is doing over there, what if you were to actually go over there and celebrate with them what God is doing? God might just bless you. Don't you think? And, and if that doesn't happen, let me know. I'll send you our Kool-Aid recipe. It's absolutely incredible. I mean, you'll love it. So um, it, we just can't celebrate. God's not going to bless you if you can't celebrate somebody else's success. He, he won't do it. So like we can stay bitter, we can stay resentful, we can stay jealous, but the only one we're hurting is us. I put it down this way. Your outlook determines your outcome. Your outlook on somebody else and how they're doing determines your outcome. It does. That is a fact. You could put attitude in there. You could put outlook in there. And, and, and by the way, if you only focus on what God has given somebody else, if you only focus on their blessings, you'll never leverage what God has given you. You won't do it. You won't do it because you're so focused on resenting what God is doing in their life. It's, it's, it's a real thing. And, sometimes, and there's something in us when somebody fails at something where, where we celebrate. And, and, and it's a, it's, that, is, that is insecurity and that is pride. And that's what the devil wants to use in this message. So if those are the issues, if those are the struggles, what's the answer? What's the answer to my pride problem, to my insecurity, to all the other things that we listed earlier in the message? Well, the opposite of pride is, say, humility. humility. Right. It's humility. Humility. The only thing that will get you out of your pride is humility. That's the only thing. We'll, I, I wrote it down. Only humility will get you out of what pride got you into. Only humility will get you out of what God got you into, or pride got you into. And this doesn't mean that if you're hu humble, you won't struggle with insecurities. It doesn't mean that. You're going to be maybe insecure at times, but I wrote down... Um, you re but it recognizes that humility is based in strength and not weakness. 
That's the difference. And th there's, gr there's all kinds of definitions of humility. C.S. Lewis has a great one. You, maybe you've, many of you have probably heard it before. I love it. It says this. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. That's a great definition of humility. It's not like, oh, I'm nobody, and, you know, it's all God, or it's all them, and no, 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 don't talk to me. I can't take any credit. Well, that's, that's insecurity, Okay but it's thinking of yourself less. It's so important. So the other scripture I want to take you to is in the New Testament, like I told you earlier. It's in a book of, uh, called Philippians. It's a book that Paul wrote. You go to Philippians 2, and I'll set this up. Paul's writing to a church in Philippi, and he's giving them instructions on how to live. And what he's combating is pride. He's speaking against pride in the church and pride in their lives and pride in their families. You're going to be blown away at what he says because he starts to unpack a man named Jesus and how Jesus lived. And it's so incredible what he says. So Philippians 2 verse 3. Paul says, don't be selfish. He hits right out the gate. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. There it is. Says it. Thinking of others as better than yourself. How often do you do that? Don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. It sounds so simple, but it's so countercultural, I can't even describe it. You must have the same attitude as Christ Jesus. That's a tall order, but you can actually do it. Verse 6 Though he was God, he's talking about Jesus. He didn't think of equality with God as something to cling to. This is so incredible. Jesus Christ didn't think of himself. He thought of others. His outlook was on others. Verse 7, instead, Jesus gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave, was born a human being, and when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself. You keep hearing the word, don't you? Humbled, humility, in obedience to God, and died a criminal's death on the cross. Okay. The King of kings and the Lord of lords, the creator of the universe, Alpha, Omega, beginning and first and last, dies a criminal's death. But I'll say what I've always told you. While Jesus was on the cross, you were on his mind. It was always about you. It was never about him. And if anybody could have made it all about him, it would have been him. But he made it all about you and he made it all about me. I don't, I don't get it. And not, so he chooses to put us first. This is humility. You go ahead. You go ahead. Jesus says, you go ahead, I got you. Not only is it humility, the humility of the cross, the humiliation. That's where the word comes. I mean, it's a, it's a derivative of that word. The humiliation of the cross. If you think about it, it's insane. Jesus would have been by this time beaten and whipped and spit on and hit, stripped of his clothes and hung up on a cross for all to see. It doesn't get more humiliating than that. And you know what he had the right to say? He had the right to say, I don't deserve this. I didn't do anything wrong. I shouldn't be here. He could have said any of those things, but he doesn't. Instead, because of love, he does what's best for you and I. Humility. 
love. He does what's best for you and I. Love is the game changer. I wrote it down this way. Jesus redefined love. That's what the cross did. Jesus actually redefined leadership. Jesus actually changed the order of everything. He's a king that came to reverse the order of things. And if you think about it, he did. Think about what he did. Jesus, he goes from heaven to earth. Jesus goes from glory to shame. He goes from master to servant. He goes from life to death. Why? So that you might go from death to life. I'm telling somebody in this place, when Jesus Christ was on the cross, you were on his mind. You should put your hands together for that. When he was on the cross, Carissa, you were on his mind. That's good news. That's good news. I want, and I'm grateful that I was on Jesus' mind. I wouldn't be up here if I wasn't. And you wouldn't be where you were if he wasn't. Jesus would ultimately lay down his life because that's what humility and love does. But here's the thing. You know what Jesus says to you and I as followers of Jesus, if that's what you are right now, he says, now you go and do the same. And this is where it gets tense. Because I like talking about Jesus' sacrifice. I like talking about Jesus' humility. I like it because Jesus did it and I get the, the benefit of it. See, I think we get Christianity wrong, especially in our country, the greatest country I believe in the world. But yet, because we're so privileged and because we're so um, spoiled, I would tell you, that we, we think Christianity is satisfying ourselves. That's, that's what we would define it as. It, it, it's the exact opposite, actually. Christianity isn't about satisfying yourself. It's about dying to self. That's what, that's what the Bible says. But that doesn't sound attractive. That's not going to probably fill the seats of the church, but, but it is what he says. Dying to self. The number one way to humble yourself is to die to self. It's to deny yourself. That's the number one way. And the number one way to deny yourself is what? Serve. It is the number one way you can deny yourself. Serving. Serving others. Jesus did it all the way to the cross. For the Son of Man came not to be a servant, but to serve others. You're a king, Jesus, not a servant. And Jesus says, no, no, no. I came to reverse the order of things. I am a servant. And here's the key point. The key to breaking the cycle of pride is just that, serving. It is the key. And you know how I can tell you this? I'll get personal here. God revealed it to me through a, a series of conversations with a guy. He revealed this, the main point that you're getting, I got it through a com conversations with a guy. I'm gonna give you his name. Pride, pride is deceptive. You can't see it when you're in it. That's why you're in it. Now, this gentleman, I think, should have saw it because it was, I mean, it was very obvious to me. It was always about his story and his testimony and his calling and his platform. And, but he would, he would disguise it as, oh, it's for the glory of God. I just want to serve God. I just want to love God. And I, I'm not faulting him. I'm not talking, like, he, he did not see it. I don't, it wasn't evil. It was just he was blinded. That's what sin will do. That's what pride will do. It was so obvious to me. Everything was, I mean, so, so what he would say, I just want to, I just want to, I just want to give God all the glory. And you know what I'd tell him? I said, serve. I said, you want to be like Jesus, you're saying, you want to, you want to make a difference? Serve. In the church, outside the church, I don't care, serve. He would never do it. Ever. And I'm like, that's the key, isn't it, Father? 
The key to getting outside of ourselves, the key to getting outside of pride, the key to taking I out of pride is to serve. He couldn't see it and he wouldn't do it. And I wrote this down. A prideful person will reject God's will every time if it conflicts with their desire. That's what was happening. It conflicted with his desire. A prideful person cannot love others more than, them, than themselves. They can't. In fact, they will only serve someone if it feeds their ego or ambition. It, it, it was what, what was happening. Again, I'm not saying he was bad. He was just deceived. It was uh, pride and purpose can't coexist. The key to breaking the cycle of pride is serving. And what, what I tried to help him understand, I was like, listen, when you serve, God will lift you up. When you make it about others, God makes it about you. I was like begging him, you got to do it. You got to try it. But he couldn't. He just couldn't bring himself. The Bible says it. When you humble yourselves and serve others, God will lift you up. 1 Peter 5, 6, Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. When you make it about others, God makes it about you. So, so, so check this out. Our, as we reopened the doors, what, six, seven weeks ago, you know, our youth start meeting again. You've talk, we've talked about our youth ministry, 6th through 12th grade. So, my, our youth wasn't a big group. Some of them are going to crossover church that we're planting. And so we have a small group here at Meadows. And they're meeting. And we only had three, like, dream team members or, or servers. Three! That's not many for, I mean, we didn't have a lot of youth kids. But we had three, a guy and two girls. And I thought to myself, and we, we want, we're wanting youth to grow and reach more young people in Jesus' name. And God was so clear to me. Monty, I, won't, I can't send any youth, many more youth there because you don't, you don't have the people to love them like I need you to love them. You don't have the people to care for them like I need you to care for them. You don't have the people to interact with them like, like I need you to interact with them. So then we start praying, okay, I get it. We got to build a solid foundation of love and then you'll send people in so we can love them. It was so clear. So we start praying, but we didn't just pray, we asked. And it was so amazing. So we had three people, like in two weeks, we, had, we doubled it. We had like seven Dream Team members on our youth team. And it was crazy. You pray, you ask God, he'll send the workers, he'll do it. So they come in and all of a sudden God says, well done. And God starts blowing youth up. I've shared numbers with you the last two weeks. It is unbelievable what God is doing. Do we have the picture from Wednesday? Look at this. This is our youth, okay? It was a handful of people like three weeks ago. That's what it is now. When you humble yourself, I will lift you up. I will draw all men near. That's what he says. I will, I, so I'll boldly like tell you, your action item is to serve. Now, whether it's in the church or outside the church, that's up to you. I'm partial to the church, first of all, because it's the only thing Jesus gave his life for. But just, serve, just get out of yourself and serve. Just get out of yourself and serve. You're going to make an impact. But, but God, I know that. What was true about youth is true about here. God won't bless us with, with, with more growth if we don't have the infrastructure in place to love them. And I'll be vulnerable with you too. I mean, there's obviously with what's going on in our world, it's thin behind the scenes. God's still being glorified. People are being lifted up. But I know that for us to take it to the next step and reach as many people as God wants us to reach, well, there is no church without our dream teams. Let's just say that. It don't happen. So I will, I will boldly ask you to pray about joining a dream team. There's cards in the chair backs. There's cards in the back. Pray about it. 
and, and, and maybe it doesn't work for whatever reason, well then serve in the community. Do what, just serve. I'm not saying it for, for me. I'm saying it for you. Humble yourself and I will lift you up. You saw what he's doing in youth, but he made us, he had us build a solid foundation. Build this, bring the people in and I will, I will bring more youth kids to you so you can love them and walk with them. You humble yourself and I will lift you up. I should finish that Philippians verse that I never finished that I just thought about. So Philippians, where I left off, remember? Humble yourself and God will lift you up. Philippians, where I left off was Jesus, remember? He died a criminal's death on a cross. He humbled himself to the point of death. But God says, humble yourself and I will lift you up. So the next verse in Philippians says, therefore... God elevated his son Jesus to a place of high honor. He gave them the name above all names. And at that name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under earth. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord in the glory of God the Father. Somebody shout, Jesus Christ, you are the king. We lift you up. He says, lift me up and I will draw all men near. Oh man, so Jesus humbles himself. And I'll never forget when I started serving, I share the story and I remember thinking about the bloodstained cross and I thought, how can I, a sinner, stand in the shadow of a bloodstained cross and offer my king nothing but my best? How will I do that? I had to give everything. I didn't necessarily want to, I had to. So, so I'll finish the gospel of Jesus Christ for you so you know, because you need to know that the king didn't stay dead. You just heard that. The king wasn't dead. Three days later, Jesus Christ would birth for, burst forth from the tomb. He would defeat sin. He would defeat death. One man died on a cross, but he rose from the dead. Because of that, we can serve him. And you don't have to serve out of the law. You get to serve out of love. You don't have to serve out of guilt. You get to serve out of grace. The grace of God covers us. You are saved by God's grace through your faith when you believe. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. You don't have to earn it, but I do believe when you've received it, the Holy Spirit will compel you to do good works. You're not saved by good works, but you, you can't stop it when it's in you. I mean, you're gonna be compelled to love, to serve, to do all those things. And if you're not, then you should question whether you have the Holy Spirit in you, just being honest. A person full of the Holy Spirit cannot be full of themselves. Oh, that was good, actually. A person full of the Holy Spirit cannot be full of themselves. They can't be. It's all about Him. Somebody watching online, somebody in the room, you're going to surrender everything to Jesus today. You're going to believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ. You're going to believe that Jesus Christ was dead on that cross. And you're going to believe that three days later, our King, who came to reverse the order of things, burst forth from the tomb. Defeating sin, defeating death. And anyone, somebody say anyone. Somebody shout anyone. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Somebody's going to get saved in this place today. Somebody's going to get saved online today. If you believe that, clap a little louder. If you believe that, shout a little louder. If you believe that, give God some praise up in this place. Jesus, do what only you can do, Father. We love you. I'm going to pray for you now. And then, then it's on you to do whatever the Holy Spirit tells you to do. Father, the Word of God has gone forth. We've learned that if we're honest, we do probably have a pride problem in some area. 
I know I do, Father. I repent. I will compare myself to other people. I'll compare myself to other churches. God, I'm guilty sometimes. I'm guilty. I look at numbers because I know they represent people. But boy, if attendance is down, it seems like I'm down for the day. Oh, but if attendance is high, then all of a sudden, I'm inflated. God, that is a pride problem. Please help me. I'm asking. And I, I'm guessing I'm not the only one who struggles with comparison, with finding self-worth in our results or what people say, with not being able to celebrate what you do in the lives of others. We may not even like them, God, but we should be able to celebrate because they're a creation of yours. Father, would you humble us so you can exalt us, so we can continually grow as a family, so we can continually reach people in your name. God, I boldly, if you're asking people to serve inside of your bride, your church, you tell them, God. You give them the courage to grab a card. Give, give them the courage to send an email. Give them the courage to take a step. And I'll boldly tell them we need them. The church needs them. We need people in areas to, to be the hands and feet. We need it. We need it, God. So send them. I'm boldly asking in the name of Jesus. And then outside the church, God, there's areas that need us too. So, so we can't just be in the walls of the church. We have to be the church outside the church. Otherwise, it isn't the church. So just speak to us. Just speak to us. And thank you so much that beyond anything we face in this world, by, behind, any problem or behind any problem that we have, God, we have a Father who loves us, who died for us, so that we might live for Him. Your Son, Jesus, died so we might live for Him. Christianity is not about satisfying ourselves. It's about dying to self. That just doesn't, that just doesn't sell a lot of books though, Jesus. But I didn't come here to sell books. I came here to preach truth. God, if we get, up, if we get about your business, you'll change us. You won't, even, you won't just change us. You'll change our family. And you won't just change our family. You'll change actually the world. It's up to us. You've done your part. I pray that we do ours. God, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, thanks so much for watching today, but don't stop there. We want to invite you to be part of our Meadows family. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Subscribe to our Meadows YouTube channel. That way you don't miss a single video, update, or message. And not only that, share this message with a friend. I encourage you. So many people are looking for hope and encouragement, and you and I have the ability to bring it to them. So again, thanks for watching, and God bless you.